Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Uh, as Cameron mentioned, we ran it down in the first hour. Texas with four verbal commitments while we were on sabbatical. Uh, picked up the three on Saturday. Alex January, the defensive lineman from Duncanville. Uh, you had Parker Livingstone, the wide receiver uh, from Lovejoy. And then uh, Jordan Johnson Rebel, the safety from IMG Academy in Florida, but he's originally from Fort Worth. And then Jordan Washington, the tight end from almost Summer Creek coming in yesterday. So, Cam, again, when you look at this class for Steve Sarkeesian, Texas right now 28th in the 24-7 sports team recruiting rankings. You can get the Horns 24-7 and, uh, and get all of this. Uh, Jarrett Gibson right now, surprise, surprise, headlining the class, the running back out of IMG Academy, number 39 overall in the country. And Jordan Johnson Rebell right now uh, is uh, number 134 overall in the 24-7 sports composite. You mentioned something, though, Kim, that I want to get back to. Uh, guys that I think have a chance to, to rise. And I think this goes back to the evaluations your staff makes. Now, here's the key to evaluations. I think the class of 2019 for Tom Herman is a very good example of this. I think in that class they made some really good evaluations, guys that rose during their senior year. But the problem is when you have a coaching change and you have coordinator changes and position coach changes and then a guy 16 months into his time on campus all of a sudden doesn't fit what the new guy wants to do, it doesn't really matter how good of an evaluation you made at that yeah. point. Which, if you look back at that 2019 class, and again, man, you – Dude, this is this was one of those classes for Texas that just injuries and just bad luck befell this class. Brew McCoy, some of that bad luck was his own doing. Jake Smith, injuries. Tyler Johnson just it seemed like once the new staff came in, he never really made the the leap, never really adjusted. Uh, he's now at Houston. Talk about bad luck with injuries, man. DeGabriel Floyd never played it down at Texas. Tyler Owens was a guy that I know I know there were some people involved in the rankings process. At 24-7 Sports. And we made him in-house. We made him a five-star. And I know there were some people that saw him in the state of Texas his senior year that begged and pleaded not to make him a five-star because they just thought, yes, the track times are there. Don't know how it's going to translate to football at the next level. Uh, Kenyatta Watson transferred out early. Marcus Washington has since transferred out. David Bend has been a backup player. Braden Lybrock injured. Chris Adamora didn't really vibe with the new staff. Darian Brown never played it down. Isaiah Hookfin in his career ended with that motorcycle accident. Roshan Johnson turns out to be one of the best takes in the class. Myron Warren was a really good evaluation, but he transferred out of the program. Javon Shepard was your classic boomer bust offensive lineman. That went bust. You got a couple productive years out of Jacoby Jones. Marcus Tillman was injured and then transferred out. Devondre Sweat's been one of the better guys in that class. Peter Pudgy never played it down at Texas because of health issues. Caleb Johnson transferred out. Uh, I don't even think he played a snap at Texas. Kennedy Lewis, I think, had one career catch. Jared Wiley was productive at Texas, transfers to TCU, and now it's looking like he might be an NFL caliber tight end. And they got Marcus Caldwell, Willie Tyler, who I think has transferred like six, seven times now at this point. Juwan Mitchell, you got a productive couple of years out of before he transferred out to Tennessee. So, Cam, it's just one of those deals. You can make really good evaluations. You can make some good picks. But if you have a coaching change and suddenly guys, like I said, are 16 months into their time on campus and the guys they came to play for are no longer on campus, they're no longer their coaches, you get your – and plus now you're in the portal era, attrition will get accelerated. Yeah, it doesn't matter because that class was ranked number three in the country. I remember the hype, after, especially after the Brew McCoy came back the second time. Doesn't matter if he, if he doesn't progress the football field, and that's what I was talking about. And you got to think too, Cam. When did that class sign? When was signing day done for that class? Was that December? February, February? twenty nineteen. You're coming off. You're coming off the Sugar Bowl win over Georgia. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hype was running amok on the forty acres at that point. I, hey, I'm not gonna lie. I was one of those dudes that thought Texas had it figured out. 
It just turns out that staff felt they had figured it out and kind of put some things in cruise control. And I'm not, that's not me making an assumption. That's somebody who was on that staff telling me we had it all, we had it all right there and we screwed it up. And this is, this class basically led to Tom Herman's firing. Not the entire reason why. There's a lot of stuff off the field, coaching, but I mean, no one, no one from this 2019 class had a, a bigger impact than, I mean, Maybe Jordan Whittington, but you know he was never fully healthy. He was hurt the, the entire whole time, season. Herman Same thing there. for Jake Smith. That class kind of led to you know Herman's eventual firing. And so going back to Sark, if I don't, Jeff, do you think the 2022 class will be that for Sark, which or think will be this year's class? In terms of the class that that can make or break Sark, because yeah. it feels like the 20. I mean, honestly, it might be the year before, but it feels like 2022 could be that for for Sark. I think it'll. I think. That- Man, that's tough to say. Because think about all the offensive think, linemen well, coming I think in. It could be the, I think it could be the 23 class. Because we've already seen positive enough returns. Like, like they've gotten a lot out of the 21 class. A lot of those guys, most of those guys, Sark didn't recruit, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much with the exception of Xavier Worthy. But I think we've seen enough already with the 22 class to feel like between the – got all the offensive linemen. Terrence Brooks has already been a starter. Uh, Tap, Finkley, B.J. Allen – Brendan Thompson's already gone. Jalen Gilbo's already started some games. Sark has talked about Jare Bledsoe. We talked about Malik Murphy today. Austin Jordan. Um, you've got some guys. Cole Hudson's a full-year starter. So you got some guys in here, Ethan Burke, yeah. that have played. I mean, you've already had a couple guys transfer out, but honestly, and there's no disrespect to these guys, did anybody sweat Travell Johnson or Derek Brown or Brendan Thompson leaving? No, because you've got really good depth at those positions. And also, Quinn Ewers technically – Technically, is part of that twenty nine, twenty twenty two class because he transferred so, in. So, so that's so why I think. Ryan, so was Ryan Watts. Yeah, so was Ryan Watts. It, to me, it feels like if, if Texas goes whatever, ten win, twelve wins this year, whatever you want to say, it's going to be a lot of it's going to be this twenty nineteen class, right? Because you're going to look at I mean, Quinn Ewers, twenty two class, twenty twenty two class. Yeah. Excuse me, it's going to be Quinn Ewers at quarterback. You mentioned Ryan Watts already. He's a, a huge impact at corner. Terrence Brooks. A lot of guys can have a really big year. Plus the guys we already know who are solid, which is. Kelvin Banks, who is probably going to be a first-round NFL draft pick next season. So He's it's trending that way for sure. If it all comes together this year for Sark, it's not going to be all because of this 2022 class, but I think, Jeff, it's going to have a major impact, whereas in 2019, because that class really had no impact on the football field, it really killed those Tom Herman Texas years. Yeah, you kind of got those – you can look through different times, right, when, when things started to go south for Texas and when – you know, there were seasons like 20, 2011 where they started having to play a bunch of young guys. And you could see kind of where there were gaps in the pipeline. Uh, you know, the 2009 class was one of those classes that, that killed Mac Brown. I say the 2013 class was one that pretty much ended Mac Brown's time and got Charlie Strong on the track to being fired because you got pretty, I mean, your most productive players in that class and the guys that stuck around. I mean, you got two years out of Jeff Swaim and he was a draft pick, but you had what? Tyrone Swoops, Kent Perkins, and Jeff Swain. I think that was it. The rest of the class, like like, Den- like Desmond Harrison and Rami Hamad, like a bunch of dudes that just did not pan out and were gone pretty quick, made almost no impact. Uh, you know, the 16 class was one with Tom Herman, Cam. That was one that we had. I just mentioned Eric Fowler. He was a part of that class. You had a bunch of guys transfer out that first spring under Tom Herman. Guys that came to play for Charlie Strong, he wasn't there anymore. They got under Tom Herman. They transferred out. Like, the top ten class too. Like right? Gene Delance was a Gene Delance was a starter at Florida. Ended up starting in the SEC as an offensive lineman. Shane Bouchelle was in that class. 
Uh, you know, you've got some productive guys in that class, but like you think about a guy like Patrick Hudson, who because of injuries never really was able to do anything mm-hmm. at Texas. Uh, you had some guys that had academic issues in that class. Uh, so Gene this, DeLance, yeah, he never played a snap for so, Texas, so, right? So listen to the classes we're talking about that, Jordan create, that create these huge gaps in the pipeline. 09, 2013, 2016, 2019. That's how you, you know. That's how Tom Herman has you know that season coming off the Sugar Bowl where suddenly depth is an issue. That's how Charlie starts have, having his depth issues going into year three, having to play a bunch of young guys. That's how Sarkins up going five and seven his first year. Yeah. When you can't count on veteran depth, then that's why Sark had to go to the portal. And it's it's no disrespect to you know Ray Thornton or Ben Davis, you know, those guys those guys they took that first year. They just needed bodies, mm-hmm. man. It's not like they were looking for quality bodies. And Phil Holes are like, dude, we just need dudes that can at least like be serviceable at certain positions. Guys that can, guys that we feel comfortable putting into a game because they didn't have guys at those positions. So I tend to think like the twenty three class, Cam, I think would be kind of one of those because okay. if you look at 20, 21, 22, yeah, the twenty three class, I think would be the one that you're really looking at. Okay, if you can get something out of that class. Now you're talking about really building a talent pipeline because that's Jonte Cook and Anthony Hill and Arch and just go down the list. It's a really, really good class. So It's obviously, and no offense to the 2022 class, it's probably going to be Sark's best class best class so far during his time. Rank 20, number three. The, the 22 class? 23 class. 23 class, yeah. Because it's Arch. And, I mean, you're, you're composite five-star guys. you got four of them. Arch, first, Anthony First time Hill. the Texas had what? The number one linebacker, number one quarterback in the same class ever. Yeah, no, uh, you got Arch, Anthony Hill, C.J. Baxter, and Jonte Cook were all five star guys. Yeah, I mean the top one hundred guys in that class: Manny Muhammad, Derek Williams, Ryan Niblett, Jelani McDonald, uh, and DeAndre Moore was one hundred and one in the composite. And uh, now, now we see Colton Vosick was one hundred and seven. So you I mean, yeah, it's it's a deep class. It's a talented class. It's, it's a lot to like about that group. As we've gone over with the Mac Brown classes, the Tom Herman, Charlie Strong classes, the five-star looks great. It's great to talk about, but if it does not pan out on the football field, then we're, we can look back at this class and be like, hey, that's the class that cost Sarka's job. It could be the, the class that, you know, put Texas back on the map for being a, a you know, top-tier program. Because, you know, we talked about the texture asking about, you know, why isn't Alabama or Georgia having these problems? And you, you mentioned, well, when you can sell that, hey, we won a national championship in the past five years. We're in the playoff every year. What Sark and his staff are selling is the potential of that. They yeah. haven't been to a Big 12 championship for 2018. The, they haven't been yeah. done anything since the Sugar Bowl, if you want to call it that. But the only reason why they made it to the Sugar Bowl is because Oklahoma was in the college football playoff. If not, Texas would have been playing in the Alamo Bowl. So really, 2009 was the last time Texas was actually a contender on the football field. And seeing what Sark has done the last few years and how recruiting keeps going up and up, I mean, it's going to be a huge year. But this class could be really good for Texas. Yeah, I think, too, once you start winning, too, Cam, those things tend to take care of themselves. It's not like a – Yeah, it, simple. It, it, you can say it's a chicken or the egg thing, but really once you get on a roll, it, it, the, it just if you're at a blue blood program when you get on a roll, things tend to work themselves out on the recruiting front. You know, like, oh, I think about – let's not look at Georgia – yeah, let's not look at Georgia or Bama. Like, let's look at Ohio State. Ohio State's one to look at because they had a class. What was their twenty three class? They're ranked four. They had a class in here at some point that I thought was ranked like not up to really what you thought Ohio State standards were. Maybe I'm misremembering that. Uh, no, Ryan Day's been pumping out. <laughs> Ryan, never mind. Ryan Day's been pumping out 
top five classes one after the other. But w- look how much Ohio State's won. I mean, up until recently where they've struggled the last couple of years against Michigan, they've been, whether it was Urban Meyer or now Ryan Day, they've been winning 10-11 games consistently and winning conference championships and being in the mix and being in the playoff. So the better you are, those things tend to work themselves out. Unless you're Clemson, because Clemson just – Dabo recruits different than a lot of other coaches in his position do or would because he can. Um, so, uh, like I said, once you start winning, they take care of themselves.